This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Small Biz Biz America. This is Small Biz Spotlight, featuring up-close interviews with small business leaders and entrepreneurs across America. And now, here's your host, David Wolf. On this edition, we'll get a close-up look at the record-mastering business, what it is, how it works, from a small business owner who knows it well. Andy Rugolich is the founder of High Fidelity Mastering, a full-service record-mastering lab located in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's accrued more than 35 years of experience in mixing for house, television, live radio broadcasting, and recording. Joining us on the line from his office and studio at High Fidelity Mastering in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is Andy Rugolich. Andy, welcome to the program. Thank you, David. Tell us about your background. What originally led to the creation of your company, High Fidelity Mastering? Well, I guess it goes back to uh, my early days. I've always been uh, an audiophile, always enjoyed uh, the equipment needed to provide high-quality playback of music. And over the years, I had a variety of jobs, as you mentioned in your introduction, of areas that were both live as well as recording. And so from those experiences, I thought, you know, what we really need here in Albuquerque is a, is a dedicated mastering facility that uh, can help people make better recordings and in turn, uh, you know, be up there with anyone coming out of Hollywood, as an example. So I had um, decided to actually find how can I learn about uh, those traits that uh, I would need that are specifically for mastering. And so I... I actually took training from a um, mastering engineer by the name of Billy Stull, who has masterpiece mastering, and uh, found that, uh, you know, because you can't get a degree in this at any college in mastering, you need to do it from essentially somebody that's been mastering for many years. And it was such a fascinating area and something that I've always loved to do with music, and that is improving upon it, that it was just a natural fit. Mastering is a different matter than than recording when we think of uh, recording records or music or the like. For those of us not in the professional recording industry, what is mastering? Well, mastering is that process where the mastering engineer prepares and transfers the recorded audio that he gets from the original source material onto a master CD or DVD. And so it's that master that's provided back to the customer that would be all of the Uh, mass production done on it so in order to improve upon the quality of the of the sound 
people would take their recording from the recording studio and provide it to a mastering engineer that would give them an unbiased listening of the music, uh, somebody not connected with it, not working on it from day one, so they listen to it with a fresh set of ears. So it's that process to improve upon it, to uh, take out imperfections, improve upon what's already there that's great, and give you a, a, a real polished final product. Just from the technical perspective, what are some of the tools in your toolkit to help accomplish that end? Well, there's some very dedicated uh, types of equipment. Uh, there's, there's essentially hardware uh, that when you think of equipment, but there's also software that's used, uh, software to help actually uh, uh, put together all of the individual songs and to make all of the gains the right level to help in restoration, taking out clicks and pops and distortion, noise, tape hiss. There's um, the hardware needed to, to actually restore and improve upon the ambience that's already in the recording, so to help it give it more life. There's uh, expansion to help restore the dynamic range that was taking out during the process of recording instruments that provide a lot of dynamic range but they don't want to overdrive those levels and so they you can utilize expansion to restore some of that liveliness of the original instruments oh yeah, yeah. that's that that's the kinds of stuff there's also improvements that you could do on uh the width and depth of the sound stage so you can give more of a like you're there feeling to the music yeah what can you share about the history of, of record mastering? Where did this industry really begin? Well, you know, back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s time frame, the record labels had all of the recording studios, and they performed all of the final work necessary to get a record out the door. Uh, there wasn't so much a dedicated mastering uh, aspects to the recording studio, but they did have you know someone that could listen to the recordings and see what might need to be adjusted. It wasn't until like into the 70s where you you began getting independent recording studios, and from there either they added on the the, the aspects to have that final quality control of the music in what we call mastering today. And then from there, uh, there were studios that really didn't want to do that because it took somebody that was very patient and someone not you know, familiar with the building process to the music. So they would find a, a person that was doing mastering outside of the studio that could give it that you know, brand-new listening to how well it's actually going to transfer to a, a final... Product. We're visiting with Andy Rugelich. He's the uh, founder of High Fidelity Mastering. The website www.highfidelitymastering.com, just like it sounds. Highfidelitymastering.com. That phone number 505-459-6242. Andy, who are your customers? What kinds of projects do you find yourself typically working on? Well, uh, I've got quite a wide range of customers. I've uh, all the way f- ranging from. Um, uh, one person that uh, was a soprano operatic singer back in the 40s and 50s, and all of her recordings were on 78 RPM record, and she wanted to get those transferred and restored to a CD. 
and then I go all the way up to the other end where it's a, a young kid with a you know a laptop and a, his garage band software to record himself singing and playing and adding all of the other instruments. Yeah. Um, have some other very interesting uh, clients like the North American Jules Verne Society where they had some real priceless wax cylinder recordings that they needed to have restored from uh, early on Verne. Uh, plays that were done in the 1800s. So wow. it's really all over the map. Mm. They're all over the world as well. I've done work for people uh, clear out in Nigeria, Portugal, uh, New Zealand. And so it's the beauty of working uh, on the internet as well as uh, here locally. Absolutely. Andy, if I were to ask you, what do you think makes your approach to the world of mastering unique or, or, uh, or truly yours, how would you respond? Well, I really have a wide collection of equipment that most mastering facilities do not have, and that is it's the equipment needed to actually play those long, forgotten, and abandoned formats. So if somebody brought me a 78 RPM record or an audio cassette or a, a dictograph record or you know whatever the format that might be, reel-to-reel or laser disc, I have the ability to restore restore and recompile and improve upon the original sound and put it onto a CD or DVD. Wow. I can also um, uh, actually take a two-channel recording and convert it to 5.1 surround sound. And I have the equipment to provide the highest fidelity of playback capability throughout the whole frequency range of sound so that I can hear every nuance that's there in the recording rather than some places are just using small bookshelf speakers to kind of represent, uh, you know, the, the yeah. typical types of uh, uh, setups in the home. I guess the other thing I could say, too, is that I, uh, I provide a free sample so that if somebody's thinking about doing some mastering but they don't want to, you know, pay the expense because there's quite a few places out there that are quite expensive, I feel that it's important to at least let the people know what they're getting ahead of time, and if they want to continue, we can. So I'll, I'll do a free sample as well. It seems that it's a subjective business, even though you're looking to a standard of some sorts. To what extent does the, the individual subjectivity of the mastering uh, engineer play a part in, in the final result? Well, uh, it's certainly uh, based on experience because, you know, you, you've got to have a lot of experience to be able to know how to listen to things. Yeah. What things do you have to uh, bring up that aren't there or things that are too far up into the music that are too far forward? You know, like you have a, a cymbal that's way too loud or, you know, you have maybe a vocalist that's too far in the back of all of the instruments. And so you have to be able to know and, and subjectively listen to the music in order to know what to improve upon it. So yeah. the, the best thing that I do is I first listen to it completely as it's been brought in and then determine from there, well, what, what would need to be improved upon this to improve its overall fidelity, its overall imaging of the sound stage, its overall quality of making it an entirely, uh, essentially well-recorded final product for the for the customer we're living in a world now where we have mp3 players and a lot of compression schemes to play back audio of all different types 
to what extent do you have to consider the end playback system in the mastering process? Well, the there's a lot of people out there that all they've ever heard was MP3, or all they've ever heard <laughs> was really heavily compressed music. God forbid, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, that's the mastering engineer's nightmare, because yeah. it's not what music is meant to be, and it's not meant what the quality and capabilities of digital audio can provide. Yeah. So we, we have a... We have a technology today in the digital world to provide such high fidelity capabilities, but uh, you know the the majority of the uh, of the usage is in low fidelity, and so it's it's an education process to to tell someone you know you really don't want to send me your MP3 file of what you've got because the music's already been too compressed. Send me the highest capability of, of, of recording that you made and a real high resolution, a real high bit rate, so that I can get all of the nuances and details and not have it been disregarded through the MP3 process. And so once you do have something that's at a real high standard, then you convert it down to MP3, you, you've lost something in that transfer, but yet you still have the high quality to begin with if someone decides, well, I don't want to buy an MP3 download. I want to buy the CD that'll give me that higher quality. Besides being an expert in the mastering area, you're, you're also a small business owner. I'm curious, what challenges have you faced that would be instructive to our audience and if they're in business that you might be able to share? Well, certainly when you start a small business, you really have to be proactive and self-motivated to go out there and get all the licenses to, you know, establish a, a website to come up with a logo to maybe get that logo uh, registered with the U.S. Patent Office to spend time on all of the administrative stuff as well as, you know, what you really enjoy doing on the business end. Yeah. And it's also, I would recommend it's good to do research in your area. What does your area need? You know, like in the case of Albuquerque here, there is no dedicated mastering facility. There's some recording studios that do mastering, but not at the level that I'm doing it. In other words, they may just take care of, you know, some equalization, uh, the having the gains just right, but the ability to do restoration or the ability to improve the sound stage, those kinds of things, they just don't have the equipment to do, nor a dedicated person to do that. And so it's also good to find what would make your business unique. You know, in my case, I felt it's great to have the ability to play back anything that was ever out there because uh, several of my clients are uh, elderly folks that, can't play back these priceless recordings that were done of their families years ago, and the only ability they could do it is take it to me to have it restored and put it on a CD form so they can enjoy those memories once again. Yeah. You talked a little bit about uh, the geography of your business, where you're located, location, 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 as we always say. This is an Internet world, and uh, you hit on this a little bit earlier in the segment. Where are your customers located? I think you mentioned they're, they're everywhere, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. Um, the local folks they just that have essentially found me uh, just love the idea that I'm here in town. Sure. Um, 
there's also advertisement that I do in professional audio magazines, uh, both online and uh, you know hard copy magazines, to get to those areas of people that are musicians, that are recording studios, that are looking for a mastering engineer. To so so you have to do kind of a mixture to be able to get out there. But the the internet's been a, a real uh, a real benefit for the for small businesses because. Um, when people call me up and I ask them, well, how did you find me? And they said, well, I was just surfing the Internet. And, yes. Or I, I typed in a particular type of equipment and it came up with your website. Uh, so it's, it's been a, a real benefit to have a website, to be, especially as a small business in a, in a town that's you know, not the size of Los Angeles or New York where you would find many, many mastering engineers. Do you have a preference as to whether a client actually sits with you in the monitoring studio while you work with their work, or would you prefer to just be in a vacuum and then present it to them after it's done? Well, actually, I like to work with the people uh, because it gives me a chance to, one, help them understand their music uh, mm. from a technical standpoint. Yeah. Um, the, the folks that I have that do come are the musicians and are trying to, you know, learn how to do recording on their own. They've set up their own home recording studio since the advent of the computers made it so cheap to be able to do home recording. And so there's an education process there that uh, I enjoy sharing with the client to help them make a better recording next time or tell them, you know, we really need to work on this area, or if you go back and improve upon this, there'll be, you know, less processing that I would have to do in this given area. So yeah. it's always great to do face-to-face, but if they can't, I always send the, you know, if they're on the Internet and in another state or country, send them the, the results of it, and then I always tell people, you know, take this and play it on everything that you're used to listening to it on, because... Yeah. It's real important for them to hear it, and it's really they're hearing it new because they're, they're so used to hearing it on their equipment that they have to essentially play it back on their equipment to get that familiarization with, mm. with the things that I do to improve it. Right. It's their reference. It's that their uh, reference, yeah, exactly. exactly. And, yeah. and the other interesting thing is, is that when I do have people over and they, they do sit and listen, for, for their recording on the on the playback equipment that I have is you know way on the high end scale and they they've never actually heard it before on that quality of equipment yeah. they're just it's like they say well you know we're listening to it for the first time we thought we knew this stuff but gee I did something wrong there or oh look at listen to that you know or they they tell me I I'm hearing things I've never heard before that's cool Oh, that's, a, that's great. So there's a discovery for them, it's right. for yeah. better and worse, I'm sure. sure. But and it's instructive for down the road. It is. In fact, uh, we have here in, uh, in New Mexico the New Mexico Music Awards that are held every May. And uh, the, the founders of that uh, award group have purposely uh, worked with the musicians to help build a, a higher quality recording of their song, and now with me being a, a dedicated mastering facility in Albuquerque, can also help the local musicians to to get that polish and and and, and better recording done 
for future recordings that they do. So it's it's kind of a it's it's a it's a two way process. One, you're 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 educating uh, people that understand sound better, as well as giving them a final uh, product that allows them to compete with other well-known artists. Yeah, yeah. Andy, any insights about what the future of uh, recording and even, well, more specifically, the mastering business, what might this look like down the road? Is it going to change or is it going to remain fairly similar to what we have now? No, I would say it'll be changing even more. Uh, wow. the, the record industry and the dedicated recording studios are continuing to diminish. There's there's more and more individuals that are creating their own home studios, and there's there's more activity in websites where musicians can provide five MP3 files to download. So so there's more. Uh, of the musician doing it all, yeah. Rather than you know the musician, you know, getting a uh, a record label, getting a producer, having the marketing and all this stuff. So sure. it tends to be quite a workload on the musician or the band to be able to do this. But that's where the industry is going. It's going towards the individual doing it all on their own and and not spending the exorbitant amount of money needed to. Uh, actually get into uh, a recording studio to do the work and so that's where the you know the, the individual like myself where you've got the ability now to and the customer can come to you give you a, a something that they consider is final and help them make it even better to get it to where it's marketable up yep. at that at that uh, big level yeah you're closing the gap and uh, that dislocation in the industry actually creates an opportunity for the mastering business doesn't it yeah it really does in fact uh, one of my clients is a reggae band in jamaica and uh they've uh, i've been working with them uh steadily and and they found that they now can help uh with their music to give it that real polished sound to have it uh, sell really well, not only in Jamaica, but uh, in Europe and the U.S. Fascinating. Really learned a lot about the mastering business, what you do and how you work and what makes you uh, special. Our guest has been Andy Ruglich. He's the CEO and founder of High Fidelity Mastering, the website www.highfidelitymastering.com, just like it sounds, located in Albuquerque, New Mexico at 505 459 6242 High Fidelity Mastering. Andy, thanks so much for joining us on the program. Oh, you're welcome, David. And if anybody has uh, want to send me an email, they could send me a, uh, one to andy at highfidelitymastering.com. Terrific. A real delight to have you. Well, Best of you, luck uh, moving forward. Thanks so much. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Small Biz Spotlight, up-close interviews with small business leaders and entrepreneurs across America. For more information about our guests or to subscribe, visit smallbizamerica.com. Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.